What is the truth in the stories we are told? We've been given a story of a world fueled by separation. We've become separate from one another, separate from the earth, ultimately separate from the true nature of ourselves. It's time we learn the truth. It's time you rewrite your story. It's time to realign with who it is that you really are. This is the fifth dimension. You are infinite and eternal. We are infinite and eternal. Our natural essence, we could say, is, is simply being. We have this awakening coming together as a perfect storm. We're ready for this. We have the capacity inside. We just got to find that. I want to welcome everybody into the Fifth Dimension podcast with me, Evan McDermott. I want to thank you all for tuning in. This is the first episode we've had in a little while. Uh, previous episode was an interview with my good friend, my brother Dominic Domingo. I would encourage you guys to all check that one out. Uh, but in this show, I feel very called to explore what has been my own path and what I'm discovering to be my own way of walking in this world, really walking between worlds, uh, different dimensions and planes and uh, realities as we know, and just exploring the great mystery, if you will. Um, and that path is the path of the heart, heart-spaced living, heart-centered conscious awareness. How does one embody that and why that is the answer for the times that we find ourselves in, whether you know, on an individual or collective level? You know, I found for myself this has been a great opportunity to step into my own authenticity, an opportunity to express who I am in the fullest sense and, and lead through my actions not just through ideas and not just through ideals but through action and through faith backed action uh, and i hope everybody has been feeling a similar way i mean it's easy to get discouraged in this world that we're living in it's easy to feel as if we are being i'd say knocked down it's as if the world can be working against us especially when you look at the direction of society and culture and with that word culture always emphasize the first four letters c-u-l-t cult you know culture is nothing more than a collective worship if you will of the organizational methods that we have chosen and the stories we tell and really that's what this show is all about uncovering the stories of who we are of looking inward, discovering one's own purpose, discovering and, and recognizing the programming that ultimately shapes our minds and closes our hearts. Heart lead, brain follow, open yourself to the path of the heart, and that is what it is we're going to be doing in this episode. And I really want to start with a quote that... I've known for quite a while, but recently it came back to me, and it's from Ram Das, and he's speaking to 
optimizing connection and purpose with the world around us? How do we truly become locked in, especially when there is uncertainty, when there may be doubt, when we look at the world and we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know if everything's going to come crashing down. We don't know what to expect when we go out there. And I think this quote by Ram Dass really speaks to the underlying purpose and mission that we have to construct for ourselves. This is what he says. I've been asked many times whether this is the Aquarian age and it's all just beginning. Or if this is the Armageddon and this is the end. And I have to admit, I don't know. The way I've usually copped out in dealing with it is saying, whichever way it goes, my work is the same. My work is to quiet my mind and open my heart and relieve suffering wherever I find it. That seems to be what my life is about. And it doesn't matter which it is. If it's the beginning of everything, or the end of everything. Regardless, that's still what I got to do. You know, it doesn't matter so much about what you do, but who you are. And I say that because if the actions are not backed with intention, if you're not showing up for yourself consciously, exploring who it is that you are, unlocking the programs of your mind and reconnecting uh, with the depths of your heart, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you do because you're not coming from that space of mindfully centered, loving resonance. You know, the world serves as a cosmic mirror. Your perception is reflection, if you will. So what you see outside of yourself is merely going to be a reflection within you. And this is how we, you know, when we say perception creates reality, it's because your mind is decoding and perceiving based on what is living inside of yourself first. And you are interacting based on what is living within, right? You're responding or reacting, whatever, whatever words you want to use. So if you're coming from a space of disarray or fear, or, you know, maybe we don't so much fear the outer world as much as we fear ourselves, as much as we fear the truth, as much as we fear what we know deep down inside. And so if we're approaching ourselves in that regard, in avoidance, we're going to approach the outer world in that same fashion, through avoidance, uh, through a refusal, a, free, a refusal really to look at uh, outside uh, the lens bestowed upon us often when we can come back and go inward and connect with the heart, connect with the beauty, connect with the love, and we can take a deep breath into the heart space, we can ask ourselves, who are we? What does it mean to love? 
What does it mean to serve? Rambas continued in that quote, the more I do inner work, the more my awareness breaks down the boundaries between myself and other people. And the more that happens, the more there's only us instead of them. And then the more there's only us, the more the suffering of everyone and the joy of everyone becomes my suffering and my joy. You know, that's the true meaning of compassion. That's the true meaning of empathy. It's to recognize that there is no you. There is no me. There is only us. There is only self. I mean, that's the deeply profound nature of what it means to be at one or oneness, uh, these ideas. Uh, and ultimately, we need to allow ourselves to have a judgment day of sorts, an internal judgment day. And this is a concept I've spoken about on the podcast, and it's coming back again for me uh, in each and every day on how I'm choosing to organize my own life and how I'm choosing to show up for myself. And when I choose to show up for myself, I am in extension choosing to show up for others, right? This is why I, I recently, you know, I, I rarely drink. It's been months, uh, I think, besides one shot of uh, something uh, in the past, maybe I'd say four or five months. Uh, but I decided to give up drinking altogether. And this is just one example of how I'm showing up for myself because when I drink, and I'm sure many people can relate to this, um, and, you know, if people want to drink, that's fine. I, I understand the social uh, the social aspects of it and why maybe it's beneficial for some people or perceived as. I, but for me, what I've noticed is it really lowers my own ability to show up for myself after the fact uh, based on feelings of there's shame and there's uh, all of these all of these different things that it brings to the surface uh, and it's really interesting because there's two aspects to that there's necessary shadow work that needs to happen and you know you can look at it where okay that needed to happen so you could bring those things to the surface right Everything happens in perfect order in divine timing. So you can look at it as, okay, there's these feelings of shame and, and this work that it is revealed through that act, but it's been through that act that lowers my vibration and doesn't allow me to show up for who I, basically who I can be. And so that's one way in which I've chosen to really, uh, I guess, unlearn the own my own social behaviors and conditioning and the need to try and fit in in that aspect you know i think so often we look for community we look for tribe we look for uh, people who can understand us and see us and something like drinking people only do it so they can fit in and be in that social uh, fulfill those social needs in a lot of ways. Uh, and I'm at the point personally where I'd rather fulfill my social needs through 
uh, raw expression and vulnerability uh, and love and beauty and, and creativity uh, and, and, you know, all of these different avenues in which we're pushing one another, right? And martial arts has been a big thing for me lately. Uh, so there's, there's all of these ways and outlets in which we can explore who we are through the presence and the I'd say the joy that's brought from others, the love that's brought from others, right? There's a great poem that I read. Um, I bought this book called Fortunate, and it's a collection of uh, tarot poetry, actually. Kim Rashidi is the author, and I want to share with you the lover's poem. And, the, you know, the reason I do this, I, I've talked a lot about the lover's the idea of the lovers, particularly if you follow any of my poetry on Substack. I haven't even mentioned Substack once in this episode. Head over to McDermott.substack um, if you want to read some of that poetry or writing and be notified on podcasts, why not? McDermott.substack. Um, but a lot of my own poetry, a lot of my own writing reflects on this idea of the lovers, right? We need to look at ourselves as the lover, and life as the beloved. And really the idea of any sort of uh, partnership, the whole symbolic idea of marriage is this representation of going from uh, the separateness, the duality that exists between the lover and beloved and uh, ultimately having unifying and creating this oneness, a return to source and what is source it is love and it is through a partner it is through the expression of that sacred union that you're able to return to source right and that's really what a lover is able to do and i think we really need to have the conversation this is something i'll get i'd like to get into as well about love in the sense where love we, we tend to relegate it to just um, relationships and partnerships. But what does it mean when you can choose to love somebody and not put an expectation around what that love is supposed to be? What does that mean for you? Can you look at love and simply let it be as is? And this is a concept I've been sitting with so much for myself lately. Can you let be let the love be as it is, without needing to define love, without needing to grasp onto it. And when we love, we, we have this, this deep nourishment of the soul, of the heart that comes in. And when we feel that love, we want to cling to it. And we're afraid we're going to lose it. This is where the fear comes back. And we're taken out of the heart and into the mind because the mind is not able to grasp and hold on to the love because it's a feeling that exists in timelessness. Love is something that is not bound to the 3D perceived uh, illusion of time, right? Um yeah, I want to read the poem uh, on the lovers because I think it really speaks to what I'm speaking to here. Um, but the lovers, what you feel about yourself and what you feel about others are in harmonious sameness. With love to go around and love to come back, 
choices look like blissful rejoices. Guided by love, the highest energy of all, the earth and the mountains will chime in and move to the right place just for you to meet life honestly and let it reveal its true face. Oof. That last few lines really get me in that one because when you are committed to living in a space of deeper love and harmony and joy and ultimately allowing love to be your guiding force and I'm going to get into why doing this is such a radical proposal in the first place but when you're doing this you're essentially committing to truth in the purest form because truth and love are interchangeable are you willing to accept what needs to be said? Are you willing to accept that it's not always going to be rainbow butterflies and sunshine? You know, it's been raining quite a bit here in Montana as of late, and that's beautiful. You want to know why? It's just as beautiful as the, the sunshine because we need our periods of reflection, of storms, of turbulence in order to reflect and appreciate and nourish those moments of reverence and joy. It's the, uh, the all, I, I guess, the forever changing nature of love and beauty. Um, but really, with love and truth being interchangeable, you you accept a feeling of uncomfortability, of vulnerability, because tr truth is going to make you vulnerable. It's going to test what you perceive, you know, because so often we're blinded by our own vision, by what we think is reality, that we negate truth or we will ignore truth. We will evade truth in order to keep the carefully constructed perception the veils of illusion that we have used as, as armors over our own heart, as a cloak, a shield to protect us from the feelings of pain, from the vulnerability. We allow those to become so stiff and rigid that we end up never seeing truth. We never end up being with love as it is. Right, this, this is coming back. What conditions are you attaching to love? Are you trying to bend it? Are you trying to bend the will of it just in order to meet a definition of what you perceive it to be? Right? And there's just a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic uh, quote and idea I want to share with you here. Because so often we think love is just good or it's virtue or it's, you know, trying to be nice and to be comfortable and to make something feel soft and lovey-dovey. And, you know, uh, true nurture and true love, it has those moments of true intimacy and beauty and the soft, beautiful nature of it. But if that's all you know, if you can't 
stand up for what's right and be courageous, what good is the other portions? What good is the softness if, if you are only soft? If that's all that's there is to you, you don't have any other choice. And it's like I've heard Jordan Peterson talk about it so often where as a man in particular, you need to be dangerous because what, how virtuous can a weak or I guess you could say imbecile be? What virtue is, what, what kind of virtue is there in that? It's not like you have the choice to be dangerous and you're likely to resent those who have a power within their grasp but choose to tame it. They're living as a lion. But even the lion only hunts when it needs to. Right? And let me read you this quote. I used to try to be good. Good was my go-to in everything. But good got me nowhere. Not like truth. Truth, she tore me to shreds, devoured me whole, and spat me out, shaking anew. Truth keeps a, matches, a box of matches in my pocket, while good made me afraid of the transformative fire. Truth keeps me real, even if it makes everyone in the room uncomfortable. And truth, unlike good, doesn't let me bow down to anything. Truth doesn't let me give in to bullying, misguidance, and fear-based criticism or cowardice. Truth is a queen and a humanitarian, while good, she's a silent, scared little sheep. Truth knows that good dulls my already radiant, fierce, and loving soul. Good showed me how to hide my wings, my words, and angel vision. Truth taught me to be brave. Truth taught me how to respect myself. Truth allows me to hold impenetrable space for any story, but first and foremost, for my own. <sighs> Are you allowing the truth of your being, of your story, the truth living within your own heart, are you allowing that to space to be expressed? Not just expressed, but to be lived. Life is an expression of your heart if you allow it to be. And if you don't allow it to be, it's just an expression of your closed heart. It's an expression of the heart either way. You get to decide what type of expression uh, that's going to be. I mean, you could argue it's an expression of mind, certainly. Five senses are nothing more than mind, sight, smell, touch, all that. It's just a decoding from the mind. But that knowing of something deeper that awestruck beauty that reverence that feeling of connection 
That's not mind. It lives in a space that is much deeper than mind, and it can only be found in heart. You know, I heard the heart's magnetic field is 5,000 times stronger than that of the brain. So when you're living in alignment with the heart, envision what that means for how you show up in the world and how you interact with others, with the people, the environment around you. If you're coming from heart, you're going to feel much more connected. And it's interesting, you know, because um, I'm a big, uh, I, and I've seen, I, I don't even want to say believer, because believe always implies a level of doubt. If you look in the word belief, right in the middle of it, we have L-I-E, lie. I can speak from the experience of really toning in on the heart. Every day I pray and I connect my hands to my heart. Every morning, it's the first thing that I do. You know, I even get on my knees and do it. I would have never, I didn't have the, what is it? I, I think part of the Western attitude. There's like, I ain't getting on my knees for nobody. But when you bow down to go simply head to heart, and you hone in, and you just feel what is there. There's a magic. And, you know, even in the foods you eat, the, the media you consume, all of it, every, everything in the external stimuli, it's going to impact whether you're staying tuned in with the heart or stay locked in the mind. Fear is a concept of mind. It's a survival mechanism, but it's a concept of mind. Fear is simply a disconnect from the heart, right? Fear generally stems from, I would say, two places. It stems from the root in a, a lack of feeling of security and the survival, fight or flight or freeze instincts kick in. Um, but what perpetuates fear and what society has done is take that, that trauma in the root. And this, I've had to do a lot of root work, grounding into the security of who I am and, and being comfortable with me. You know, we're talking about the path of the heart. If you're not, if you don't feel secure in yourself, it's very difficult to navigate the, the, the path of the heart. I mean, you'll, you'll continue, you can continue to tap into it, but you do need to do that route of feeling safe and secure within yourself. And it comes from connecting it with the heart, but also recognizing um, the fears that may be present within your root. Um, and ultimately, they can really constrict the knowing of who you are. I think deep down you know who you are, but you're afraid of living in that fully because it means letting go of what you're familiar with, letting go of the trauma, letting go of the pain letting go of the stories that have served you up until this point, like I already talked about earlier. You know, are you able to surrender that? 
choose to let it go. And it's not easy to do so. <laughs> Shit, if it were all easy, we would all do it. And we wouldn't be caught in this fear-based trap that we find ourselves in on a daily basis unless we choose to show up. And even when we choose to show up, we're still going to find ourselves coming in and out of that trap. That's the story of life. That's the hero's journey. That's awakening. <laughs> you, you forget. But then each time you remember and you come back to the heart, it feels a little bit sweeter. Just a little bit. Just a little bit more. Because you went even deeper into the pain, the shame, whatever it may be. I mean, the freedom is accepting that. It's accepting the nature of that. There's no changing that. You are going to feel pain. You are going to be challenged. What good would this life be without challenge? What fun would it be? Well, why would it matter? It wouldn't. All of these perceived negatives... All of these challenges that you've been uh, tasked with, I guess you could say, they are forging the greatest redemption story that only your heart knows to be possible. And I choose to believe that. I choose to know that about the collective story as well. You know, I've... I, I still look at what's going on in our external world and pay attention, but I recognize that so much of it, the only way I can control it, or no, not control it, but the only way I can choose to make an impact is by focusing inward and aligning myself with the vision of beauty of reverence, of the most optimized version of self that I can be so that I can contribute to this world and help create the world our hearts know to be possible. I think we all dream of a world of peace and love, a world where we can lock hands. And you know, it's not all going to be kumbaya around the fire, but... I'm talking about locking hands in the time of hardship as much as in the time of beauty. I think it's more important to lock hands in the times of hardship. We want to isolate. We want to be the hero. And you are the hero. But the hero is no good on their own. And we need to unite f first within ourselves. Align what you perceive to be separate portions of self and recognizing you are one whole being. This is all aspects of self, even what you most judge and fear about yourself. It is still you. It is still the world because there is no separation between those two. And, you know, I wrote a poem a long time ago at this point. A long time ago as I acted. It was, it was like, what, five or six months? That ain't that long. Um, 
but I want to share it again, and I think I've shared it on here, but it's called Lovers in Armageddon, and it's, it's about this idea of coming back into union with self. And, you know, I had a, an interesting winter. I'll say that, an interesting winter where it was unknown. I didn't know what to expect from life. I was going through many um, uncoverings of the stories I told about myself. But, you know, I, I've developed a real acceptance and patience. You know, it doesn't matter where I go. I'm not alone. Uh, and that's the beauty. Even if I'm just with Source, Spirit, God, whatever you want to call it. I'm just with my own heart. I know that's connected to the whole. I, there is no being alone when you recognize you are all of it and it's all this is all this universe is you and you are the universe there's no separation right and it's about that returning into union lover beloved like i talked about earlier but let me read this poem lovers in armageddon if only our dream would never end together was all we ever wanted in the arms of my beloved, surrendered to a timeless moment. Feeling your heart's rhythm as we move together closer. The walls crash around us, but our love expands outward. With only my beloved is the lover ready to die. Unsure of the other side, but with you, I am fully alive. As the fire move in near, warmth burns away the illusion. Our love can never be taken. It's our nature to remain in union. With nowhere to escape, radical love, present for our fate. Hand in hand through the darkness, discovering, discovering paradise within the pain. You know, you have the choice in this moment, this very moment, to let go of what is no longer serving you. Right now. Right here now. You always have. Maybe you just weren't aware of that choice. You know what that's going to be for you. It's not in the mind, it's in the heart. What is blocking that connection. Can you lay down the armor? Can you look at what it is and thank it for the lessons? For the opportunity to learn and experience what was a challenge, what was ultimately a disconnect from the heart and into the mind. 
you know, and a recognition for you, an opportunity to remember. Because without this, maybe you wouldn't have had the opportunity to remember. A remembrance, a remembrance of how deserving and loving you truly are. An opportunity to embrace change because change is going to happen whether we're conscious of it or not. You know, when you look out into the beautiful landscape, when you look into a painting, when you look into the eyes of the soulmate guided in your direction, can you see yourself in that cosmic mirror of reflection? Can you let go of the veils of illusion? Can you open your heart so radically, so fully, the world has no choice but to open its heart to you? You can handle different seasons of life. You can handle the ups and downs. You can appreciate the beauty. You can acknowledge the shadows and the darkness. I'm like you in that I've been afraid of change. I've been afraid of darkness. I haven't always known where I've belonged on the path, but I've continued one step at a time. And each day, each experience, each moment, I grow a little bit older. This body grows a little bit closer to its physical end. And I can accept that. Because in each moment, I have a new, another opportunity to simply experience life, to experience beauty, to experience love. And to open my heart. I need nothing more in this life. I don't need to fear any of it. And neither do you. You know, one day you're going to look back on these times <laughs> and have a good fucking laugh about it. Let me tell you. <laughs> and what may be a moment of darkness and what may be a moment of pure joy, I extend my hand to you. Here. We can walk each other home. That's going to wrap up this episode. If you're a fan of the show, be sure to subscribe, whatever podcast platform you're on. Head on over to mcdermott.substag.com. Subscribe over there. And I want to thank you for tuning in. Embrace the change. Embrace the beauty. Embrace the darkness. And allow the path of the heart to reveal itself. I'll see you next time.